They crawl around your bed when you're sleeping. They're the things that stare at you while you dream, only inches from your face. This is Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your creepy true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Demons, we all know what they are. We watch movies like Insidious and The Conjuring, enjoying the nightmares the actors portray in those movies, knowing it could never happen to us. But that's where you're wrong. The following allegedly true stories will show you what can happen if a demon takes a liking to you. Remember, you can share your scary true stories with us with the links in the description. I'm looking for the strangest things you found in the woods and possible boogeyman encounters. And check out morbidmonsters.com for shirts under 20 bucks. Each sale helps this channel and you can sport your favorite monsters. Real quick, here are the first five interesting comments from my previous video. Bramble Chaser says, all humans are dangerous. The question is what's scarier, a monster with a human face or an inhuman beast? I think it depends on the person. To me, the more inhuman it is, the more frightening it is. That's why Dead Space and the Thing scared me so bad. Austin the Test Site says, you did great work on the live stream. I admire how you try new things with your platform. Still, one of these days, I'd like to see you host a cryptid expedition. That is a brilliant idea. I've got the equipment, now I just need the time. Little Miss Chatterbox says, I'm never going into the forest behind my house ever again. Well, what if the forest went in you? Jonas Nasser says, are you ever going to collab with someone? Yes, when I have time. It's tough waiting on other people. And Gaelic 1993 says, Darkness, what's your scariest experience? Well, I'll tell you in my own video. Now that I have the thumbnail for it ready, I'll be sharing that with you soon. Now, without further ado, here are some very creepy demon hauntings. Number one, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Submitted by Logan. This is a story about myself and my best friend Richard's experience. I'm in the United States Marine Corps. Being part of the artillery side of our branch, everyone who has the MOS of 0811 goes to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for training. It's a relatively big base, but the Marine Battery is located out of the way of most of it. It's located right next to a cemetery, which makes the following events even worse especially since I didn't believe in ghosts or demons until now. It was around April or June of 2016. Myself and a couple of buddies had just arrived at the battery. It was around one in the morning, so we were all extremely tired. The duty NCO, non-commissioned officer, checked us in, gave us our room cards and sheets and pillows for our rooms. He instructed us to be in formation by 0445 or 445 in the morning. Myself and Richard were assigned room to 11. It was on the first floor about 50 feet from the duty desk. We began walking towards the end of the hallway when we noticed two doors on opposite sides of the hall, both leading down to what we assumed was the basement. On the doors, there were signs, no unauthorized personnel beyond this point 
Naturally, we assumed it was probably an armory or something of the sort. We joked about how we would try to get down there and see the weaponry. Looking back, what happened in the following moments, it should have been a massive red flag as to what history Fort Sill held. As we resumed walking towards our room, we heard a massive bang. My first instinct was that someone had fired inside the barracks. It sounded exactly like that. The door to a room a few paces away opened and a Marine stepped out. He looked at us and told us to keep it down. We told him it wasn't us and that it sounded like it came from the basement. The minute we mentioned the basement, his demeanor changed completely. He quickly and nervously told us to get into his room. We followed him inside and he locked the door behind us. He sat down on his rack and began to speak. You two have no idea what you're in for, he said. There were three barracks in the Marine battery, one of which was for the new Marines, the second for the Marines in class, and the third was entirely locked down. That one appeared to be in the process of remodeling. What the heck are you talking about, I said. All of the buildings have a past. The one you're sitting in used to have an electric chair in the basement. The others were an insane asylum and a morgue. Didn't you see the bars in the windows as you came in and how all the others didn't have them? He answered me thoroughly. The thought didn't cross my mind, I replied. He began to tell us about an incident that happened when he first arrived here. He said, our battery gunnery sergeant found two Marines screwing around with a Ouija board one night. Being the way he was, he confiscated it and threw it away. The next morning, he found it sitting on the desk in his office. His office is locked by a key lock, a number pad, and a card swipe. Nobody was getting in besides him. It was my job first thing in the morning to report to him and to clean his office. When I walked in, I saw him cutting the thing to shreds. We both thought that that was the end of it. Again, the next morning, he found it on his desk as if it had never been cut. He was so desperate that he called in a priest to bless the three buildings. Then he locked the board in a chest surrounded by holy water and he placed it into the basement. Ever since then, I haven't been able to get a good night's rest. I asked him, is that why you can't go down there? He said, probably yeah, that and the armory is down there as well. We chatted for a few minutes before going off to bed. About a week would pass before things got worse. I was sitting in my room and we were done for the day, just playing the PS4 I'd recently bought. It was the weekend, so we had liberty, so I didn't have to go to bed. My buddy Richard was coming back from the gym and we had both decided we wanted to find that Ouija board. He grabbed a screwdriver and we walked out into the hall to one of the doors. It was about 11 p.m. and almost everybody was knocked out. We used the screwdriver to pry open the door. Then we headed down into the basement. We couldn't turn on the lights for fear of being noticed, so we used our phones instead. It was extremely cold down there, cold enough to see your breath, even though it was 90 freaking degrees outside. At this point, I was getting nervous. The air shouldn't have felt that way. We walked into the medium-sized room. 
In the center, you could see a large metal plate with bolts. It appeared to be secured to the floor. Above us on the ceiling, somebody had done a shoddy plaster job. You could still see some of the wires poking through. This must be the electric chair room, I said. It made perfect sense. There was no way it wasn't. I told Richard, but he told me to be quiet, that I didn't know that for sure. As soon as those words came out of his mouth, and I will remember this moment for the rest of my life, we heard a voice, unlike anything I've ever heard before, like fingernails on a chalkboard, sandpaper across glass, almost excruciating to listen to, and I swear I could barely make out a word. What was that? I almost yelled. Shut up, Richard hissed at me. You're gonna get us caught. But you heard that too, I asked. Yes, I did. Man, I don't like this. I'm not down to screw with ghosts or demons, I retorted. We spotted a small window overlooking the other building that was completely sealed off. But on the third floor, behind the bars of one of the windows, I saw a shadowed figure move briefly. Not enough to know if it was a person or not, but something was definitely moving. Richard tapped me on my shoulder, and I turned around. My heart stopped. Fear unlike anything I've ever felt before came crashing over me like a wave. Standing in the corner was a figure blacker than midnight itself. One of its arms was raised to point to the staircase, going back up to the first floor, and in that same wretched voice, it spoke to us the words scratching through our skulls as they came. Leave before you can't. And that was all the reinforcement we needed. We both took off, bolted out of there, running faster than we ever did before. I flew up the stairs, four at a time, and crashed into the door, hitting the bar to open it so hard. I flew out onto my face in the hallway, the on-duty NCO came around the corner right as Richard and I crashed into the wall and the door shut behind us. What are you two doing out here? He yelled at us. Gunny is going to have you over his spit. The next morning, Richard and I both had our liberties revoked the rest of the time we were there. We spent countless hours scrubbing toilets and mopping floors. The day we graduated and left to go onto the Fleet Marine Corps force, was the happiest day of my life. I swear, even to this day, I'll never go back there. I'll sooner go AWOL than to ever step foot on that base again in my life. Number two, The Talking Branch, submitted by Kara. This happened when I was seven years old. Back then, I lived in a two-story apartment. We lived on the top floor, and the apartment next to us was connected by a patio. My sisters and I loved playing on the patio, and we were always seen there. But something I encountered there has changed my view on the once light and happy playground of my childhood. One day, I was outside on my patio alone, playing near our neighbor's house. They had a little walkway 
that led to the back door. In that walkway were a pair of bikes, maybe a few sandals and a branch from the tree growing next to the apartment. It was long and stretched all the way into the middle of the walkway. It was just resting there until I saw it beginning to shake, like wind was causing it to move up and down. Thing was, there was no wind that day. As I stared at it, I heard a voice coming from the walkway. I was certain there was no one else there, and the voice was about a yard away from me. It was raspy and rather high-pitched. Sadly, or maybe fortunately, I can't remember what the voice said for the life of me. As a kid, I never really listened to what people said, but I do remember one word, something along the lines of, listening. I wish I could remember everything that it said, everything it wanted to tell me, but as a kid, I thought it was the branch talking, so I dubbed it the talking branch. Years later, I discovered a show called A Haunting and became very fascinated with the paranormal. After putting the pieces of the puzzle together, I found out it was probably a demon or spirit that spoke to me that day. I shuddered, scared like I wasn't before. I probably should have been scared when I heard it. One of these otherworldly things spoke to me. When I knew that, I wanted to know even more what it was saying to me, but at the same time, I wanted to just forget since I know where this thing might come from. When I was talking with my family about their experiences with the other side, my mom said she had heard a raspy voice say her name a long time ago before she was married. I'm a very good voice impressionist. I'm able to mimic quite a few of my favorite cartoon voices. One voice that I'm able to mimic perfectly is the talking branch. I had been practicing it because I was so curious and spooked by my previous experience. I mimicked that voice for my mom that night, and I asked her, was this the voice? And she nodded yes, with a terrified look on her face. It just makes me wonder if the talking branch was the same voice that spoke to her. Later on, I was able to move past it and just accept that it was part of my past, but I can't help but wonder if I will ever hear that voice again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. 
With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 3. My Basement Horror Story Submitted by White Lioness My family seems to have always had this connection with the paranormal. Ghosts, demons, shadow people, they've been through a lot. I guess you could inherit this kind of thing because I myself am very sensitive and have had a few paranormal encounters of my own, whether I like it or not. I'm the kind of person that can get that nope vibe from a mile away without even knowing what I'm supposed to be avoiding. Anyway, having said that, my parents are divorced. I live with my mom and stepdad, but used to have to go visit my biological father. He always seemed to attract bad energy. I was staying with him in some house he'd rented, and I really liked that house as it was clean, spacious, but it had one problem, the basement. Yes, just like a horror film, what happened there is the reason. I understand that basements weren't put in horror films just because someone thought it would be fun. I was fairly young at the time, still a preteen. I would go down there to play video games, specifically Kingdom Hearts and Alien vs. Predator for my PS2. I guess it wasn't really your typical basement as it had a bathroom, a kitchenette, and a little area to sit and watch TV. The first time I went down there, I felt like someone was intensely watching me. Like everywhere I moved, it seemed like someone had their eyes wide as possible, just watching me angrily. I disregarded it because I was kind of a paranoid kid for obvious reasons. I didn't listen to my gut as much back then, but that incident is most likely one of the reasons I don't ignore it anymore. Each time I went down there, even with somebody else, I felt like someone was watching me with almost a sort of hatred. My brother, who was just a little younger than me, got weird vibes going down there as well. One day, when I walked down to the basement, trying to ignore my fear and paranoia that seemed to only be building, when I tried to turn the TV on for some reason, it wouldn't turn on. I thought it was odd, so I pressed a lot of buttons and fiddled with the game console. Then I saw it, coming from just behind the TV, where the wires and wall were. A large, black, almost gas-like form rose. Honestly, it reminded me of a Dementor from Harry Potter. It had no face, and there seemed to be a small cloak flowing from it. This happened for only a second, like a flash, Literally, I blinked and it was gone. No, it wasn't like the Samara from the ring. I just sat there, still feeling something was staring at me. I sat there in shock for a long time before finally getting the courage to go upstairs. And if memory serves correctly, I didn't go back down. Just to clarify, I don't do any sort of drugs nor do I have a history of hallucinating or a health condition. When I think about this incident, I like to hope it didn't actually happen, 
but I can't stress enough. Please never ignore your gut feeling. It's there for a reason. Later, my biological father told me the place was haunted. Haunted, I thought. That's hilarious. More like possessed. Number four. Something very malicious followed us. Submitted by Anonymous. I'm 18 years old. I've never been on anything, but I do drink only a little bit. A few nights ago, me and a few friends were invited to a party. You know, stay up stupid late, get drunk in a park, that sort of thing. At about 10.30 that night, one of my friends, James, said he was going to leave to go buy some stuff off of a dealer. Me and another friend, Joe, decided to go with him as he was very intoxicated and we both wanted to make sure he would be okay. I myself had only a bit to drink. I don't normally go to these things and had only come to hang out with a few friends, friends I hadn't seen in ages. We got there okay and did the deed without incident. On our way back, I was basically sober sitting my friends because they were so messed up. We missed the bus to go to the way back, so we decided to walk back at my friend's suggestion. We cut through a graveyard. I was very careful to avoid stepping on where people were buried, but my friends, being drunk and high morons, decided to jump from headstone to headstone while saying really vile things about the people buried in them. This rubbed me the wrong way, and I suddenly wished I'd never gone with them. Other than that, I didn't think much more of it. It was definitely in poor taste and offensive, but I obviously didn't think anything would come of it. A couple of blocks later, James started begging me to roll him another one, so we decided to go sit down behind a local pool. While I rolled one, my friend Joe held an umbrella over me, while James stumbled around smoking a cigarette. I was just finishing up when everything around us seemed to grow distant and everything went silent. We were beside an air intake and it all of a sudden shut off. I couldn't hear anything coming from the nearby road. I looked up at my friends and instantly knew that they had noticed the oddity as well. All of a sudden, I felt something brush past my ankle and we heard four very loud, distinct bangs coming from the other side of the cement wall we were beside. I felt really freaked out and just immensely uneasy. We all decided to get out of there. My feelings were corroborated by my two friends. Joe said that he felt like something was very angry with them, and James suddenly felt that the space around us had become bad I felt acutely aware, like I was being watched as we walked away. After we reached the far side of the parking lot, that feeling had blossomed into a feeling of being followed. So immediately, I looked behind me and caught a very faint image of the thing. It was too quick for me to really get a good look at. It was large on all fours with a very wide hunched body and backwards bent legs like a dog's, it had very large paws on its rear feet and appendages similar to hands on its front legs. It was very skinny. I could see its ribs pretty clearly, but it was also sinewy. It was covered in a sparse pitch black fur 
with parts of its fur missing to reveal a very pale, scratched, and bloodied skin. It looked almost like this thing had been whipped. If it stood upright, I'd say it would have been seven feet tall. The two things that really stuck out to me were the facts that the hair on the back of its neck were raised and almost looked sharp, and that its eyes were a luminescent red color that seemed to leave a sort of trail wherever it went. I just caught a glimpse as it darted behind us and into a bunch of bushes beside the parking lot. I grabbed both of my friends and told them to look behind us. I pointed at it and we all saw the eyes. They both rode it off as a parked car's taillights through the bushes. As the thing stayed perfectly still and blended into the shrubs perfectly, we kept walking, me ahead of the other two. And at this point, I started to drink more as I was stressed out about whatever was happening and I was trying to convince myself it wasn't real. When we got back to the park we were all at, my friend Joe said that he heard two voices talking. Both me and Joe were silent. We had been completely silent since we had walked away from the parking lot. A few moments later, I heard the voices too. They were low, sharp whispers that were speaking very fast and very angrily. At this point, we were all spooked and we were happy to be back with everyone else. After doing a bit of digging around, I've decided that this thing was most likely a hellhound, a demon of some sort. The fact that something brushed my leg and then knocked on the other side of a wall with no easy access to, it eliminates the possibility of it being anything physical and lends itself to a more ethereal or paranormal explanation. Two things further have happened since the incident. Firstly, I have had incredibly lucid, detailed, and dark dreams about my friends and loved ones being possessed and tormented by a very evil being. And secondly, I always feel watched. I close windows and shut the blinds every chance I get because I always feel like something's waiting for me outside my house. Don't disrespect the dead. There are things out there that do not take lightly to such things. And number five, I think I'm being haunted. Submitted by Nerd336. I've never been much of a sleeper, tossing and turning, waking up at the slightest noise, or just waking up thirsty for some water. However, last week something terrifying happened, and I really hope it's not the beginning of something darker. Now I want to say that about 75% of the time I fall asleep watching some sort of cartoon or nature documentary, because I use them like white noise. My TV and Xbox are both set to turn off after about 90 minutes of inactivity, so when whatever streaming service asks, are you still watching, the timer usually begins. Last week, I followed my same routine, put something on the TV that would help me drift to sleep, nothing unusual. However, much later in the night, I woke up and I saw something, or someone, on the couch next to my bed. When I opened my eyes and I observed someone there, I remember asking myself if I was still dreaming. 
I laid there for a moment, just taking in the dark and silence of the room and being completely scared by what I was seeing. The silhouette was of a woman, a business type of woman. She was sitting on my couch with her legs crossed. I could make out her silhouette perfectly, but who was she? When the realization that this wasn't a dream began to come over me, fear started to overcome me. I could feel my fight or flight response kicking in. By her movements, I could tell that she was not aware that I was awake, or at least she wasn't looking at me. So ever so quickly and silently, I slid my hand out of my covers and reached down beside my bed to grab my Xbox controller. As soon as I felt the buttons on my fingertips, I grabbed it, turned on the power, and moved to grab my remote and flicked on the TV. I've never been so rushed and scared before. Now, I did all of this without taking my gaze off of the stranger on my couch. As the TV lit up the darkened room, I could see the stranger notice the movement, and as the room became light, the stranger smiled a big smile and disappeared. I had assumed that whatever had happened, whoever that was, or whatever it was, was most likely my imagination, or if it was paranormal, just a one-time thing. However, another night she came back. After dinner this evening, I began binge-watching one of my YouTube sobs when I fell asleep hard. I'm talking drool-covered pillow hard. However, at some point during my slumber, I began to slowly wake up and eventually was wide awake. When I did, this woman in business attire walked into my room and told me to follow her into the kitchen. Caught completely off guard, I did. I followed her beckoning, oddly sharp finger. The woman seemed so familiar, yet I had no idea who she was or why I was following her. There was a darkness about her and I couldn't exactly put my finger on it. When we got to the living room, she said something to me, but I remember just brushing her off. I grabbed something to drink from the kitchen because after sleeping so hard, I was thirsty. I remember the woman being in the living room and messing around on her phone, so I decided to go back and continue watching my YouTube. I got back into bed, drank some of the water, and then this crippling drowsiness took over. I laid down and fell back to sleep. I didn't want to go back to sleep. I tried to force myself awake, thinking if I took another drink, I'd be okay, but I was just so tired. Then I remember hearing this very loud, annoying ringing noise. I'd never heard this noise before. I kept tossing and turning, trying to figure out what it was, where it was coming from. So in a last bit of effort, I opened my eyes and I was awake. I mean, awake. I opened my eyes and had been asleep the whole time. I even surveyed my surroundings and the glass of water I had just gotten. It wasn't there, like I had never walked into the kitchen. I dreamt of all of that and then a rush of fear came over me. It all had felt so real. So what really happened? I've never had that sort of thing happen to me before, and I knew right away that that woman, that thing, was the cause of it. I just hope that's the last time I'll be seeing her.
The demons are waiting for you. Waiting for you to make a mistake, to call to them, or to disrespect the dead. Or just to go to that part of the house that you never knew was its domain. They're always ready for you to make your life a living hell. And what can you do to fight back? Well, the easiest thing might just be to move out of the state and burn everything behind you. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send me your stories using the links in the description. Specifically, the strangest things you've found in the woods and possible boogeyman stories. Also, if you want to wear your favorite monster and support my channel, check out my merchandise at morbidmonsters.com. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there and stay creepy.